Jesus' teaching is just as relevant today as it was 2,000 years ago. He tackles tough issues head on. Here is what Jesus says about how to pray. Pray like this. Our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today the food that we need and forgive us our sins as we have forgiven those who sin against us. And don't give us yield to temptation, but rescue us from the evil one. Jesus adds a footnote. By the way, if you forgive those who sin against you, your heavenly Father will forgive you. But if you refuse to forgive others, your Father will not forgive your sins. Well, it's hard to believe that there's only 12 days left until we celebrate Christmas. And uh, today, as I'm, as I'm speaking to you, I'm fully aware that some are feeling a little bit down, uh, especially about the season. That's why we put up a Christmas tree and put up some lights and just to bring some cheer into your home for Christmas. Now, uh, we, uh, we, we feel alone. We feel that we, we, we can't be together. And yet there's something that's really important for you to understand. Uh, you're not alone. And this is the great message of Christmas. Matthew chapter 1, verse 23, it says, Jesus is called Emmanuel, which means God with us. And I'm going to tell you today, if you've been born again, if you put your faith in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, this promise is for you. God is with you. You are not alone. And you can come confidently to God in prayer anytime. And, and again, Jesus is the one who's called God with us. It's sad, isn't it, that too often we ignore him. So today we learn how to pray and we learn what to pray. And this, of course, is Matthew chapter 6, verses 9 to 13 that we're going to read in just a moment. Make sure that you have your Bibles and uh, you can follow along. I think most of us know that passage off by heart. Hey, um, some might be wondering, can anything good come out of this time of quarantine, this time of isolation? Uh, that's something I've been, I've been asking a lot and, and, and reflecting on, meditating on. What, what is going on and, and, and how, how can God be glorified in, this, in the midst of this quarantine? And the good news is uh, I believe that Jesus is calling us into a deeper relationship with him. Never in, in the history of humanity have people been more connected and in many ways disconnected. But we, we have become very much a horizontal kind of people. And what I mean by that is that we have, we have left God out of our lives. And sadly, this is the case for many people who call themselves followers of Jesus Christ. God is, is not a part of your everyday life. And God doesn't just want to be a part of your everyday life. He wants to be part of your life moment by moment. And so I, 
I believe that God will use this pandemic to reveal himself to us. But here's what's got to happen. You and I have got to open our hearts and our minds to hear God's voice and to allow him into our lives. So I would ask you to, to join me in taking special time to pray and to meet with God during this time of pandemic. Jesus made it very clear to us how not to pray. And you know, uh, over the last few weeks, we told you that Jesus said, don't pray like the hypocrites who are just doing it for a show. They want everybody to look at how wonderful, how spiritual they are. Jesus said, don't be a hypocrite. Don't be an actor. Make sure that your prayer is real. Do it privately, secretly, where it's you and God, the Father, your hearts are connecting and you are sharing with one another. And then, of course, last week we learned that Jesus said, don't pray like a pagan Gentile who doesn't have a personal relationship with God. He doesn't know God as Father. The Gentile, the pagan, he, he repeats these mindless, repetitive prayers that hopefully will be like a magic formula that somehow, some way, if they just say the right number of words in the right way, that somehow God will magically answer their prayer. Jesus wants to disabuse us of this wrong understanding of what prayer is. He wants us to know that prayer is, in fact, a conversation with the Father, our God. He wants us to get in that habit of praying of connecting with the Lord. Now, the problem is for so many people, they don't know how to pray. They don't know what to pray. And so I wanna just read to you quickly what Jesus says about what or how to pray. And we look at Matthew chapter six, verses nine to 13, and it says, pray then like this, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. This is the outline for prayer. Jesus never intended that we would just mindlessly or mechanically repeat this prayer. In some Christian traditions, the, the, the minister, the priest, or whatever, will tell people that if they've sinned, that they should repeat uh, the Lord's Prayer six, seven, 10, 20 times, and that would be a, a penance. Well, that is not what God intended for this prayer. You're not to utter this prayer as a way of atoning for your sin. There's only one who can atone for your sin, and it's Jesus Christ. No, the Lord's Prayer is instruction on how to meet with God. And I just wanna say this to you right now. I have been praying the Lord's Prayer for 33 years now. This is how I pray on a regular basis. This is how I pray daily. And when Gloria and I are able to get away on vacation, then we especially like to take time to go through the Lord's Prayer together, praying through each petition. Now, I'm gonna just tell you right now that the Lord's Prayer can be uh, split uh, in half, if you will. There's, there's three petitions, the first three petitions, that focus on God, and then the, the, the last three petitions, they focus on us and our needs. And so what you'll see in this prayer is that it is both uh, a prayer that 
addresses our spiritual needs and also our physical needs and the needs of others. Now, this might be one of those days when you need to take notes because I really uh, want to stress to you the importance of making the Lord's Prayer your daily prayer. It is an agenda. It is an outline. It's, a, it's an outline for you to follow in order to make sure that you cover all the bases that Jesus wants us to cover. Now, I'll say this to you. Um, I have seen and heard all kinds of teachings on, on how to pray and what to pray. I remember as a boy, before I went to bed at night, it was, now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to, to keep. If I should die before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul to take. Actually, when I think about it, it's a kind of a gruesome prayer that's focused on me dying in the night. But anyways, that's what we learned. And then, of course, you sit down to eat your lunch and you say, uh, come Lord Jesus, be our guest. Let this, let this food to us be blessed. Our hands we fold, our heads we bow. In Jesus' name, we thank you now. Do you remember praying that prayer growing up? I remember my grandfather, whenever we'd go to his house for, for dinner and he would pray, he would take a long, deep breath and he would say, uh, we thank thee, Heavenly Father, for this food, which provides for us, feed our souls, and the bread of life. This we ask in thy name. Amen. <gasps> that was his prayer. I never, never forgot it. I don't know exactly what all it means and, and exactly what he's saying, but that was the prayer. I've heard over the years different people recommend different kinds of prayer. Uh, you may have heard of the ACTS model, A-C-T-S, adoration, confession, thanksgiving, and supplication. There's the pray model, uh, begin with P for praise, R for repent, A for ask, Y for yield. There's the heart uh, model, honor God with praise. E stands for examine your life. A, ask for help. R, request for others. And T, thank God. And of course, the past, which is praise, acknowledge, supplication, thanksgiving. Now, all of these... Um, they're not bad, and you certainly could use them uh, occasionally or from time to time, or in addition to what I'm going to teach you today. My question is this. If Jesus Christ has given us a model to use, why on earth would we use any other prayer? And why on earth would we follow any other model or outline for prayer? So today, I want to stress to you the importance of using the Lord's Prayer on a daily basis to go through all of your prayer requests and to cover all the things that need to be brought before God. Jesus says this in, in Matthew 6, 9. He says, pray like this. And then we find in Luke chapter 11, verses 1 to 2, and it says, once Jesus was in a certain place praying, as he finished, one of his disciples came to him and said, Lord, Teach us to pray, just as John taught his disciples. And Jesus said, this is how you should pray. And so in Luke chapter 11, Jesus offers the, the same model for prayer as we read about here in Matthew chapter 6. It's what we call the Lord's Prayer. Some people call it the Apostles' Prayer because it was a prayer model that was given to the Apostles to be then handed down or taught to all disciples, all followers of Jesus Christ. Now, here's the thing. We all actually want to know how to connect with God. 
This is something that is in the heart of every human being. We want to know, how can I connect to God? And if I, if I do connect to God, what do I say? What do I do? Jesus answers that prayer. I'm going to tell you, when you use the Lord's Prayer, it will give you uh, supreme confidence in your time of prayer because you know this is what Jesus wants you to do. You're praying according to the teaching of Jesus. You're praying according to the will of God. I have found such confidence in this and such assurance. I feel that when I'm done praying through the Lord's Prayer, I feel like I've covered all the bases and I've done everything. I've prayed everything that Jesus wants me to pray. It's fantastic. And I'm going to tell you, this is not something that you can really learn overnight. Sometimes it takes time. Sometimes, uh, you, you know, it's, it's like anything. You have to practice it on a regular basis. It took me, uh, I've got to tell you honestly, it took a, a little while for me to finally learn how to pray confidently using this model. But this is what Jesus says. Whenever you pray, pray like this. So let us get in the habit of obeying Christ and doing the Christian life the way Jesus wants us to do it. This is one of my biggest frustrations as a pastor is dealing with people who want to recreate Christianity in their, according to their own wisdom and according to their own ideas. Jesus wants us to follow him and do exactly what he tells us to do. So we're going to go through these uh, first three petitions in just a moment. But there's something else that I want to point out to you. For so many people, when it comes to pray, to prayer, they only pray when they're in trouble. It's usually when they feel guilty about something or when they uh, are, are in great need of something or they desperately want something or they are worried or anxious about something. And it's at those times that people will often uh, yell at heaven, God, help me. And they're anxious, they're uptight, they have absolutely no faith in their heart. They have no confidence that God hears them. But because of their desperation, they yell at God, and God, give me what, give me what I'm asking for. i got to remind you, God is not a magic genie. In fact, Jesus tells us clearly that He is our Father. And we come to Him with reverence in our heart. And also with confidence in our heart that he will hear us and he will answer us and he will take care of us and he will meet our every need. Remember what we said last week about the pagans. They don't know God as father. They see him as some mysterious being in the universe that may or may not hear their prayers, that may or may not answer them. That's not us. God is revealing himself as our Father. And this is an absolutely amazing idea, especially for this time. Because although the idea of God as Father uh, surfaces in, in the Old Testament, it's very, very rare. And in fact, nobody in, in Jesus' time would ever think of referring to God as Father. In fact, for most Jewish people and for most people, pagan or Jew, they would see God as, as somebody who's too distant, too far removed to ever uh, be addressed as Father. But Jesus clearly wants us to address God as Father. So, with this in mind, with the realization, with the knowledge that God is our Father, that we are His children, 
Jesus teaches us then how to address our Father and what to ask for and what to say. So let's look at that first petition. It's slide, or pardon me, it is uh, Matthew 6, verse 9. And Jesus says, pray like this, our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. There's two things I want you to see here. I want you to see, first of all, that prayer must always begin with focusing on God first. If you were, remember we talked about being, being that desperate prayer, I'm guilty, I'm worried, I'm anxious, I want something, I need something, and you just go barreling to God and you start, you treat him like a Santa Claus and you start reading off your list of wants. No, Jesus says that's not how to pray. You begin by focusing on God. And when you get your focus off of yourself, off of your need, off of your circumstances, an amazing thing begins to happen. Suddenly, all of the worry, the anxiety, it all begins to drain from your system. And then what happens is that faith begins to fill our hearts as we look to our Father, whom we know is able to meet our every single need. We focus on God, on His greatness, and we realize there is nothing too difficult for the Lord. My Father can do anything. This is what Jesus wants us to understand. And when we go before the Father, what we're doing, when we get our eyes off of ourselves, is that we are focusing on His kindness and His goodness to us. We are taking time to worship Him. Now, this is something I do every single day. Whenever I pray this prayer, I always begin by giving God praise and thanks. And the most important thing I thank Him, I thank him for is that I am his child, and I'm his child because of Jesus Christ. I put my faith in Christ, and because of that, my sins are atoned for, my sins are washed away. I've been reconciled to the Father, and I can come to him at any time, with any need, with all my prayer requests and my petitions. This is exactly what the writer of Hebrews says in Hebrews uh, chapter 4, verse 16. He says, Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence or with boldness, courageously, so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. We can do this not because we are worthy or deserving of God's help, but because Jesus is our Savior, our Lord. And because God sees Christ, he sees the righteousness of Christ when he looks at me and when he looks at you. Now, do you see the importance of this? We begin our prayer by focusing on God and giving thanks for Jesus, by taking a few moments to worship him and express gratitude. Hey, before you start asking for more, you need to stop and say, hey, God has met my need. I have so much to be thankful for. My, Gloria and I were just talking about this that even in the midst of, of all the difficulty of, of these times with the epidemic, we have seen God's provision and his help in such miraculous ways. I don't have time to get into it right now, but I would challenge you when you go before the Lord in prayer, start listing all the things you're thankful for. And as you do, you will find faith just rising up in your heart and you'll find yourself able to believe God for absolutely anything and everything. So the second thing I want you to see here 
in Matthew 6, verse 9, it says, Hallowed be thy name, or as it is in the NLT, may your name be kept holy. Excellent translation. Uh, actually, in the Greek, it's, it, it literally says, holy eyes your name. And so what do we mean by this? Uh, what's, the best way that I can describe this to you is that when you became a Christian, you take upon yourself the name of God. Did you know that? The Bible in the Old Testament, it talks about how the tabernacle uh, had the Shekinah glory over the Holy of Holies. And it said that in God's temple was his name. Well, folks, on the day of Pentecost, the Shekinah glory that was over the Holy of Holies now rested over the heads of every believer in the upper room on the day of Pentecost. And not only did they receive his power and his presence, his literal spirit, Holy Spirit dwelling in them, but they also received the very name of God in them. And folks, you and I, if you're a believer today, you are called a Christian. What is a Christian? Well, the best way to say it is a Christian, somebody who has the name of Christ because they belong to Christ. If you're a follower of Jesus, you have his name. Now, we had discussed this a few months ago back in Matthew chapter 5. And Jesus tells us clearly that you and I are to live our lives in such a way that we cause other people to praise our Father in heaven. Look, you and I are called to live holy lives. And in living holy lives, we, we by God's grace and by his spirit, we, we keep his name holy. How else can God's name be kept holy except in God's people? And so it's very important that you take time every day to think about this and to reflect on this in prayer. You say, God, I want to live my life in a holy manner, in a way that best reflects who you are, that best reflects your love and your goodness. So you and I need to understand that. We are living our lives in such a way that we're bringing glory on the name of Christ. Now, my grandmother had something to say to us when we were little. Uh, when we were becoming uh, teenagers, uh, just before we were te teenagers, she would say, make sure you live your life in such a way that you do not bring shame on the name, on the name of the family. Very, she very strong uh, lectures on this on a regular basis. I guess she assumed that the minute we turned, became teenagers or turned a certain age, that somehow, some way we might bring shame on the family name. Well, this is the same idea. You and I need to live our lives in such a way that we have, we have been empowered from on high. And you need to ask for this. Ask for the grace and the power of God to live a holy life so that we don't bring shame on the name of God. In fact, we find this in the book of Leviticus, God warning the children of Israel in a, repeatedly, in, in many ways, in many times, God is saying, do not bring shame on the name of your God. You can read that, Leviticus 19.12 and in other places. So whatever we're doing, we're going to, we're going to cause people to praise our Father in heaven by the way that we're living our lives. And you need the help of the Holy Spirit for that. And you need to remember to ask for that every single day. God, don't let me live an unholy life. You've heard me say this many times, that the chief purpose of humans is to bring glory to God, to enjoy God forever and to bring glory to his name. Well, this is what we're talking about. So we're saying, uh, our Father in heaven, 
hallowed be your name. Father, I'm focusing on you. I'm worshiping you. I'm starting, I'm stopping to, to consider that you are sovereign. You're in charge. I'm not in charge. You're the boss. I'm not the boss. You're God. I'm not God. And I belong to you and you're going to meet my needs. And then you're going to say, God, and please help me, I pray, to live a holy life that I would bring no shame on your name, but that people, because of my life, would praise the Father in heaven. This is what you're praying every day. That's what it means to be a Christian. Now, the second petition is something that you've all prayed in Matthew chapter 6, verse 10. Uh, we're looking at the first half of that verse. Jesus teaches us to pray, Thy kingdom come, or your kingdom come. Remember this. If you are a Christian today, then you acknowledge or recognize that Jesus Christ is your king. He is your eternal king, and he is the king of an eternal kingdom. And when you became a Christian, you became part of this eternal kingdom. So what Jesus wants us to do every day is to stop and reflect on that. He wants us to reflect on the fact that we as his children, as, as members of his kingdom, need to be fully engaged in that kingdom. We need to be part of that great work of advancing God's kingdom. That's why Cross Church is constantly involved in the community and also up north and also in Burundi because we are advancing God's kingdom and we are praying that God's kingdom would advance every day. We're saying, God, let your kingdom come to Burundi. Let your kingdom come to our community in Northwest Winnipeg. Let your kingdom come to our brothers and sisters in the north. This is who we are. This is what we're praying for. So every day, every time you pray, thy kingdom come or your kingdom come, you're saying, God, let your kingdom advance and let your kingdom advance through me and through my church and through my family. Use me, Father, to advance your great kingdom. And Lord, let, let, your, let your kingdom reign. It just so completely invade my life and take over my life that I find myself every day submitting to the king. Again, the drift of this, you and I are kingdom subjects, subjects of the king, and you and I are called to advance his kingdom and to pray for lost friends, lost family, lost workmates, pray for people in our community and around the world that don't know Jesus. We want people to know Christ and we're praying for that every day. So don't give up praying. I, there's people I've prayed for for many years. I, I can tell you people I've prayed for for over 30 years that have come to Christ, who have surrendered their lives to Christ. And uh, I've seen this throughout the years. Many people that I've prayed for, and finally I see them come to Christ. Well, this is what we're praying for. But there's one other thing I want to remind you of as we're praying for God's kingdom to come. I want to remind you that, that we are not of the kingdoms of this world. And it's, this is something very difficult for us. Remember, Jesus prayed this in John 17. He, he prayed that we would not be of the world, that, that God would keep us in the world, but that we would not become of the world. Well, as you pray, your kingdom come. It's a daily reminder that we belong to the kingdom of heaven and that we are not to participate or to partake in the ideas, the philosophies, and the ways of this world. It's very important that you understand that. Do you know that, that the early church, they were so devoted, so committed 
to this idea that we read in um, 2 Peter 3.13. It says, they were looking forward to a new heaven and earth, the home of righteousness. And Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 22, uh, the people would say, Maranatha to one another, which means come, O Lord, come, our Lord. This is, this is what we are praying for. We're praying that as we're here, as long as we're here, that God give us the grace to advance his kingdom. But we're also praying at the same time, Lord, we're ready for you to return. And I got to tell you, during this, this uh, pandemic, wow, uh, I've been praying, God, I'm tired of this world. Come, Lord Jesus, and, and bring us to yourself. Bring us to that eternal kingdom. And then we come to the third petition. And it says in Matthew 6, 10b, Father, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Something that you need to understand is in this wonderful petition, Jesus is actually describing life as it was before Adam and Eve fell in the Garden of Eden. And by falling, I mean when they sinned against God. Life in the Garden of Eden was 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 beautiful. It was paradise. It was it was perfection. And that was the place where God's will was done all the time until Adam and Eve fell, until Adam and Eve sinned. So you and I need to learn how to pray every day, God, I don't want to do my will. I want to do your will. Jesus taught us that, didn't he, in the Garden of Gethsemane. He taught us to pray, Father, not my will, but thine be done. And I'm going to tell you, uh, sometimes God's will is not the most comfortable thing. It's not always what we want. Look, Jesus was heading to the cross. He was going to die. And he understood that. And he said, God, if it's possible that I don't go to the cross, can, can this happen? And of course, you know that that's why Jesus came to this earth, and, and it was to die. And so he said, Father, not my will, but thine be done. This is how you and I pray every day. God, give me the grace and give me the strength to do your will and not my own. Hey, I'm old enough to remember the days, the early days of the Pentecostal movement. Well, I'm not that, that old, but uh, I'm, I'm young enough to remember when, in fact, holiness was considered uh, something that but it was like a list of things that you do or you don't do. And if you did all the things on the list and all the things you, you weren't supposed to do and you didn't do those things, then somehow that made you holy. I'm going to tell you, here's what real holiness is. Holiness is not just going through a list of do's and don'ts and making sure that you can tick them all off. True holiness is, in fact, doing God's will every time. Did you get that? True holiness is doing God's will every time. In fact, that's why we teach you, if you're going to be a follower of Jesus Christ, then you need to be in the habit of thinking every day, moment by moment, what is God's will? We call this moment by moment holiness, doing God's will every time. That's what it means to be a Christian. Now, what you, you and I need to pray when we get to this third petition is that God would help our children, God would help our marriage, help our, our workmates, the people that we know and love and care for, that God would give us grace uh, to do God's will. This is the part of the prayer where you start going through maybe a prayer list of all the people that need to know Jesus 
you know, uh, praying for your kids, for their education, for their life mates, uh, for the situation that they may be going through in school. Um, there's all, every one of us has a list of things that are troubling us, the list of things that are, are, uh, are difficult. But this is where you pray about these things. And you bring it to the Lord and you ask for his help and for his provision and his grace. And lo and behold, God, God will help us. Now, it's uh, at this petition, petition pray, uh, three, you pray for missionaries. You pray for your church. You pray for your pastor. You pray for those in leadership. You pray for the prime minister. You pray for the government officials. This is what petition three is all about. We're praying God's will be done on earth as it is in heaven. It's really important that you understand this whole idea of the kingdom of God. Remember we said that the Sermon on the Mount is the constitution of the kingdom? Now Jesus is teaching us how to pray as members of this kingdom. And I'm going to tell you that the more you and I are disconnected from this world and the more you and I are plugged in to the eternal kingdom, the kingdom that is not of this world, the more that you and I will understand God's will in our lives. So you need to get into prayer and get into the habit of praying every day that God's will will be done and that God would help us, help our spouse, help our children, help our workmates uh, to surrender and commit to God's will. Now, let me just say this in closing. This past week, we found out from our premier that we are going to be closed down now until January the 9th. That's the latest. Uh, some of us wonder, how on earth can we cope with this? Well, I want to just close with a reminder, a wonderful reminder that Jesus Christ is Emmanuel, God with us. You're not alone. This picture that you're seeing on the screen right now is a reminder that God is with you. And I'm going to say this, through all the tests in my life, God has given me great strength and peace whenever I have run to him in prayer. I'm, I, I believe right now that this pandemic will be the catalyst that will get God's people praying again. I, I fear, I'm very, very concerned that Christians no longer pray or that their prayer is very superficial. God is calling us back to being a people who really pray and know how to pray for our family, our loved ones, and for the lost people of this world. He is here with you right now. And I just want to encourage you to call in his name. His name is Emmanuel, God with us. That's what Emmanuel means. And I'm saying to you now, let Emmanuel minister to your heart and you're going to discover a great and wonderful peace that he is in fact all that you need. This is truly a unique place that we all find ourselves in. It's something I've never experienced in my lifetime. And I think probably all of us would have to agree that that's the truth. But for some reason, God is giving all of us a special opportunity to focus on him alone right now. He wants us to pray. When we pray, we remain close to God. That's really what the Lord's Prayer is all about. It's a model. It's teaching instruction that helps us draw close to the Father every day. God wants to remain in us even as he remains in us. 
He wants us to remain in him as he remains in us. He wants us to stay closely connected, plugged into the Holy Spirit. Listen to what Jesus says here in John chapter 15, verse 5. He says, I am the vine and you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. This, my friends, is God's will that we remain in Christ. And the way that you remain in Christ is being diligent in prayer. So I've given you the first three petitions of the Lord's Prayer to help you in this journey of remaining close to God, of remaining in Christ. Let me just close with prayer, shall we? Father, thank you. Thank you for the Lord's Prayer. Thank you, Father, for this model that teaches us how to stay close to the heart of the Father, how to stay connected to God. We're asking now in the name of Jesus that we would, each and every one of us, have a hunger and a thirst and a desire to be close to you. So Father, draw us to yourself by your Spirit and give us the courage and the discipline to pray through the Lord's Prayer every single day. Our Father, our great and loving Father, hallowed be thy name. We pray, Father, that you would give us grace to live holy lives, never bringing shame on your name, but causing men and women everywhere to praise our Father in heaven. Oh God, we pray that we would be the holy men and women you've called us to be. And Father, we pray that your kingdom would come. Father, we pray for the lost in our families, the lost in our community, the lost in Africa and around the world. We pray, O oh God, raise up people that will win the lost, raise up resources, finances that will help make it possible to reach the lost. Father, we pray that you'd work in our hearts and reign in us. And we pray, O oh God, that you would send your son to us quickly and soon. Oh yes, Lord, it's our great desire. In fact, Father, thank you for that promise at the very end of the Bible in Revelation 22. It says, come Lord Jesus. That is our heart's desire that you would come soon. And we pray, Father, that your will would be done on earth as it is in heaven. Father, have your way in Cross Church. Have your way in the families of Cross Church. Have your way in, in, in the Cross Church Burundi, in the villages of hope. And we thank you, O oh God, that you are sovereign over all. We thank you, God, that we can partner with you in advancing your kingdom. We just want your will to be done. We want to go back to that place called Eden, where your will is done all the time, and there is happiness and joy. We pray that for Christ's sake. Amen. Amen. So I prayed through, very simply, the first three petitions, and next week, we're going to look at the second half or the next three petitions. God bless you as you practice the Lord's Prayer today.